Today on Bound for Success, I'm delighted to be here with Anna Roger, General Manager at East Coast Region of TAFE Queensland. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. So to start with, we'd love to just hear a little bit about your upbringing and, and how you got to be where you are today. So, okay. So um, so I, uh, I was originally born um, in South America, okay. interestingly, and my husband too, as it turned out later on, when we, when we met. But I was—I spent most of my upbringing actually in the UK, yes. and um, and I went to school there. And but I think I was always a bit of an adventurer, and we um, we always tended to go on some big sort of family holidays. And I think I always the holidays just got further and further away from Europe. Yeah. And eventually, um, on one of those trips, um, we found our way to Australia for a working—not um, really a working holiday, but a holiday and a bit of work. Um, and eventually, then in um, in '91, we decided to make it our home here. But not before uh, both my husband and I had uh, spent some time in, in Brazil, actually working in Brazil. Okay. And that was a really, um, I think it just continued to, um, to, to teach me a bit more about culture and um, how different people, you know, how, how the world works. I just got, just, I just had this greater and greater desire. So when we decided that we would um, leave Brazil, sort of Australia seemed like quite a natural progression actually. And the reason for that is that climate-wise, where we were living to where we, to Queensland was actually not dissimilar. Quite similar, yeah. Lots of space, yeah. sunshines a lot, etc. So, um, so the move the move to Australia was actually a fantastic move and one we've never regretted. We came in 1991 with two children, then I had my third um, child in um, in Cairns actually, right. and through the heat of a horrendously oh, hot, okay. horrendously hot imagine. summer, hot summer. <laughs> But um, but but basically, my childhood was was largely brought up in um, was largely in the UK. Yeah, so um, so I went to I went to school there, and I went to went to college actually in London. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't um, I wanted to be an actress and a singer and I don't know all sorts of odd things at the time. Um, none of those turned out to be very successful. But um, but actually, it did take me then to Japan, and I worked in Japan for a while. I have family there. And um, and I spent some time uh, teaching English and uh, proofreading actually, mm-hmm. um, and that was another great. Um, I didn't couldn't speak Japanese at all. Yes. Um, somehow I managed to get around yes. and get by as you do. Um, and then eventually I went. Uh, so I met my husband. We we did a, a year of traveling around the world. We found our way to Australia. Went over to Brazil. Came back to uh, came back to England. Went. This is no good. We can't be here. Yes. And then we emigrated. Yes. So that was the start of a, a big new episode in our lives. That's that's been just an amazing journey, really, for both right. of us. Yes. Yeah. And how did you find your way to the Sunshine Coast? Ah, oh, that's interesting. So when we emigrated, we went straight um, up to Cairns, mm-hmm. and I went. Uh, it was actually a very difficult time because the economy of North Queensland was particularly um, it was particularly challenging. And there were very few jobs around. It was quite uh, quite difficult. So I decided I'd do a TAFE course. Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't you go and yes. do a TAFE course? Yeah. At least that would give me something else locally, and I might make some friends. Sure. And uh, so I went to, to I went to TAFE. I enjoyed a course. I did the course. And at the time, I thought, oh, I wonder if there's any jobs here. So I applied for a job, and uh, and I you know, I got I got basically the the starting role in the organisation, which was a casual administration officer. Yes. I said, Yep, I'll jump to that. And I jumped to that, um, and I began to realise that at that time, quite quickly on, that I was actually in an organisation that was incredibly diverse. Now, we were 13 separate organisations then, not one TAFE Queensland as we are now. Mm. We were 13. But even then, this was a big organisation and uh, one that seemed to be um, incredibly interesting. 
So during that, um, during those early years, I just literally jumped from from role to role. I, I, I just kept on moving sideways and up, and then sideways and up. None of this sort of vertical progression. progression. But that was a very good strategy. Mm-hmm. It was a good strategy because what was happening was I was beginning to learn more and more and more about the organization. By the time I found my way to the Sunshine Coast, I knew an awful lot about TAFE and how it worked yes. and its clients and its business arrangements. I really had a very, very good handle. And I'd moved my way through the ranks and yes. applied for all the jobs people didn't want to apply for. And, and therefore, so, what, so was it? All strategic in the beginning. Um, no, I don't think it was. I think I don't think it was. There were just jobs that appeared to be really quite interesting. Yeah, right. You know, and uh, I, I just, I just felt that I could just have a go at a few things. And and some were ones where people um, would say to me, "Oh, you don't want that. That's going to be a really difficult job." I think, mm, well, I might as well have a go at that yes, one. Yeah. You know, what what can really go wrong? Um, and often it didn't go wrong, but I kept learning and learning and learning, and it wasn't. It wasn't, there was no real strategy, but I got the taste for learning more and more about what could be done and how I could contribute quite early on, within the first five to six years. So my progress was quite slow over the first five years, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and then it started accelerating. And the more I got involved, the more I volunteered for committees and groups and working parties, the more people said, oh, you know, she's got something to add. Yes. And so, uh, so it does take a a bit it's not you know it actually takes quite a bit of energy to do that and it would be easy just to go home and just say oh I just had enough of work but I was just really intrigued by it it was just incredibly curious about what could be done and so um and so that that continuous sort of growth obviously during that time I was growing my networks around Queensland and at that point it was around um around 2008 uh, I was invited to come to um, to uh, attempt to help at uh, Wide Bay TAFE, so basically based on in the Wide Bay area, based out of Maryborough, and I just jumped at the chance. I left my husband and the family de- dealing with school, had <laughs> jumped at the chance, and moved down to Maryborough and Harvey Bay. And a couple of years into that, um, the TAFE Queensland started to work out how it might amalgamate. Uh, the 13 institutes into six or seven um, right. regions. So at that time, I'd gone down to um, Wai Bay. I was based there. I was quite happy. I was sorting sorting th- through things. I'd, I'd been made permanent in that role. And I really thought this is, I'm getting, cl- I, I think I'd always fancied the Sunshine Coast. Okay. So then at that point, um, the amalgamation started to occur. And I was charged with bringing the education um, the education training components, which is a larger part of the organisations, the two organisations, yes. to bring them together into one organisation called TAFE Queens of the East Coast Region. Yes. And, uh, and that was my job. So I started to get a feel of what was happening on the Sunshine Coast end of this. And as that progressed and the work progressed and we started amalgamating, of course, I put my hand up for the job. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the general manager job at the time. That was the, the 2IC. And I thought, well, I'll have a shot at that. And so I got the job, surprising. I was very happy with that. And for the first time in, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe 20 years, I was now 10-minute drive from my place of work, <laughs> which was just the biggest bonus. Yes. Just amazing. I had been traveling all across North Queensland for years and years and years. My, my car was my office. All my folders and files were in my office. 
So it was just, um, so really that's how I sort of, I, I got here. My, my family had already sort of moved down here. So I think strategically I had planned that somehow I was yes, going to end up. going to get here. I somehow. was going to get here. Yes. I was going to get um, to, the, to the coast. And I really liked the idea of that. It wasn't just, it wasn't actually just about the, um, how beautiful it was. Because Cairns is beautiful and the yes. Bay Area is beautiful. But there was something I was reading and seeing more of. And that was actually, the, there was a real dynamism and a real sort of vibrancy about it the coast mm-hmm. that I liked. I didn't want to be in Brisbane. I wanted to be somewhere which was sort of, you know, had that sort of sense of sort of space and people, time to think, yes. capacity to think, enjoy life, but actually do something really worthwhile. And so I went into that job and three years into, or yeah, it must have been about three years into that, the general manager um, at that time moved on, up and on to, um, to Brisbane. The job came up and I applied. And I won it. Yes. And so from that early start of that, you know, casual administrative officer on the lowest salary in the organization, you know, I had sort of just plowed my way through, worked up through every level. I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't do it another way. Yeah. Now I think about it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it another way. I think doing, doing it the way I did perhaps isn't the fastest route, but it provided me with just enormous levels of confidence about what I needed to know about running such a big organization. Yeah. There's very little that phases me because somewhere along the journey, I found out how to do it. And that I think is, um, that, that, that's not everybody's style, not everybody's approach, but it is in a lot of organizations where people have stayed the course, they've come through the ranks and then eventually they've made their way up to be CEO. Yes. And I think that's a really important thing um, also for younger people coming through the ranks or starting out in their careers to know that there is so much to be said for, you know, for sticking it out. Like, you know, yes, you may have aspirations Mm. to go, Mm. you know, higher, but actually going through the ranks and understanding how the business works or how that industry works Mm. um, is so much more likely to eventuate uh, later on into more, you know, greater success if you actually understand the nuts and bolts of how it all works rather than jumping to the top. That's what I think. I mean, and and when I talk to um, the trainees, we've got some new trainees, Mm -hmm. business trainees, and they're in the, the directorate office with me. And I say, what about your career aspirations? I said, oh, I don't really know. I'm just happy to start off. I said, but over time you will think about this. Yes. Do think about this and think about what your career might look like and what you might apply yourself to and what learning you might need to, what training you might need to undertake. Um, you know, have a, have a think about it. It's not all, it's not all up and up and up and up. It's no. actually about go across the organization, really understand, be incredibly curious about what other people are doing. Yes. Ask them what's going on in their job and how, you know, what you can learn from it. Really ask them. Be very curious. And if you do that, I so said, that, that's they will like to talk to you. Yes, for sure. They will like to talk to you. Um, but but also, um, you're gaining, you're just starting to gain more and more knowledge. And I know that is how I did it. Yes. That, that's that's where it led me. The confidence in an organization like this, these are these regions, there are six regions in, in Queensland, they're big regions with a lot of responsibility. And I need to go home at night and be able to go to sleep. And I do. Mm. I do because I really know I've you know, built a team around me. I've got a very, very good team at, at, the, um, at East Coast region. And 
and I know they're well, they're, you know, really well. They, they think about things in detail. They're really focused on their job. And so, so I can actually go home and sleep. Otherwise, it would just be too difficult. These things would be too difficult. And you, uh, so, so having not only you getting to your kid, but actually taking the people along with you yeah. on that journey, uh, that actually lends itself to a much calmer, much more balanced organization, in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. And so from a leadership perspective then, how do you feel that your team is able to, I suppose, work with you and respond to you because they know that you've been in their shoes? Yeah, they... Um, the, the, well, two a couple of things. Number one is quite quickly I learned how to delegate out. Yes. <laughs> that is. Yeah. And while that is actually quite challenging for leaders going into you know quite significant roles, uh, because of the level of responsibility, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I am the accountable officer. Yeah. Uh, but but the more you delegate out, the more you allow other people to grow their skills, the more you see them growing and yes. keep pointing them in the right direction. So a lot of coaching and mentoring. The more you do that, the better off you feel as a leader. There's no doubt about that. So the growing of people, the, any, uh, I have seen people try in my past to try to control mm. everything around them mm. as a way of them keeping themselves safe or the organization safe. Yes. That is not, I don't think that is a good strategy. Yeah. Working, with, working with people around you at all levels of the organization, but obviously directly with the, the, your, the leadership team, for example, in my, in my case, by them, by seeing, watching them grow their skills, really grow them, and actually challenging them with more and more uh, detailed challenges or more and more responsibility, is actually not unkind. It's yeah. actually very, very kind, Absolutely. and it is the way they grow their skills. At the end of the day, I will move on to something. Eventually, I will yeah. stop working, yeah. and I would like to know that everybody else is really capable and yeah. can actually do the job really, really well and keep you know keep TAFE going for a lot longer. 130 yes. years uh, is, I think, I think it's something between 130, 137 years. There's a lot longer to go. Yes. And, so, and I need people around the organisation to be able to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that, you know, in terms of uh, the people that work with you, knowing that you've been in their shoes, been in those types of positions before, that they, you know, when you do delegate, delegate things or if you do have certain mm. expectations of them in those roles that they kind of go, well, that's I, I have respect for that because I know that you know what I'm going through. Yes. they. Uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it can be a double-edged sword, actually, yeah, yeah. because if people know that you know, that there is a possibility that they will just come, the, the challenge or the issue will just come to you because you know how to deal with it. Yes. So it, it, so one has to be very difficult, very yeah. um, cautious, cautious about yeah. that. For me, when I know that they know, I say, I know, but I'm interested to know what you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so there is a... There is a clear opportunity just to say, oh, it's okay, I know how to do that, I've yes, done that before. Yeah. But that isn't the solution. No, the no. solution is, I know how to do that, but I'd really like to know how you might do it, because in fact you might do it much better than I'm doing yeah, it or yeah. have done it. And so so there is that, um, that you, in a leadership role, one must actually always be considering the others and yes. the coaching of others and the development of others that is just a critical critical function again I don't think I really understood how important that was perhaps 20 years ago yeah. I do understand it now because I need other people to take some of to take some of the responsibility and to take some of the work 
it is impossible for one leader in an organization like this to do everything. Yeah. Just impossible. Yeah. So by other people uh, taking the lead, they can also, they're branching out, they're, they're being challenged. They will be able to go. That's my legacy is allowing other people to do what I did and yeah. have the opportunity to do, for yeah. sure. And have you learnt are there sort of key um, characteristics uh, and also downsides, I suppose, of leaders that you've had in the past that have influenced how you lead your team now? Yes, oh, there's definitely learnings that I've had from both good and bad yes, leaders. Yeah. Um, more good than bad, thank heavens. Well, they're just as important, but just still, important. yeah, just as good. But I put, I actually thought about um, a couple of words, and I, because I've seen other people do this, other leaders do this. The, there are a couple of words that come to mind, and I, I think they are that the ones I've taken out are about being courageous, really courageous. That means if you have a principle that you know is going to be compromised that you do something about it. You don't just accept things just on face value, even though the consequences might be, um, perhaps might be more challenging for you in the end. Yeah. Of course you have to think strategically and you have to think you know, politically about this, but, but to actually compromise one's principles, I think is a problem yeah. for many leaders. And so I'd say be really courageous about that. And that's something I saw others do. Yeah. And sometimes their life got a bit challenging afterwards, mm -hmm. but they bounced back. Yes. They did eventually bounce back yeah. and they bounced back with their principles intact. Yes. And I think yeah. that's a really important so thing. Important. Yeah. Uh, also um, about being really humble. Mm -hmm. so, so I've seen people and you've seen, and I've seen it even now, the people who are humble, for example, in the, the current election mm -hmm. in the US, and those who actually really, the, the humility is actually about listening to other people when things perhaps, the opinions you have might not be the ones other people differ. share. <laughs> they might differ. They might yes. differ. Yes. And so, so being humble, being able to, to really just take that on board and not be devastated by it, but actually just to recognize it for what it is yes. and accept that. I, I think is just critical. Again, yes. I've seen leaders do, really have, you know, that trait mm. that has just stood them in great stead. Yes. Uh, so for me, that's that's something I really try to I try to work on. Yeah. That I try to you know adopt that that trait. I think I genuinely am like that. But I think that there is a uh, there is always a possibility or always an option to continue to grow some of those traits or improve them should I say yes by the fact that you're listening and watching other people um, and the last one is to be really caring yeah I have seen amazing leaders and they've remembered every single the name of every single member of their staff mm -hmm. I don't know how I, I don't know how I'd love to be able to do that <laughs> and in the event that I can't at least I can care yes. and I think during the COVID, um, this last very, very challenging period, the more caring we can be as individuals, as a, as a society, the better off we are. Just the better off we are individually as, as human beings. The, that level of caring does not mean to say that as a leader I don't have to make difficult decisions yeah. or that, I, um, or that I, yeah, I shy away from those or that, um, that I just have to be you know, sort of emboldened to the end and it's all about the end outcome. Quite the contrary, it's about how I approach 
going, getting to the end outcome or how I approach making the difficult decisions. Actually really having, you know, people in mind, you know, human beings that have lives, livelihoods, families, a society that needs to function well. So really being caring about that and actually taking the time to care. Yes. I don't think I was so good at that when in my younger days. I don't know that I was so aware, perhaps. Yeah. But as I've got older and older, I've realised how important it is for that. And probably probably because I've had more feedback about that. Yeah. And so once you get the feedback, you think, oh, I could have been I could have been a bit better with that. I could have reflecting on that, I could have perhaps addressed that a different way, or I might have listened more intently. Yes. So those are three words. And then nothing about not getting to the outcome. You still have an organization to run. Absolutely. There are still lots of decisions to be made on any given day. But those things are really important to me now. And it's the, man- yes, the manner in which you go about achieving yes, That's right. everything that you need to at the end of That's the day. That's right. Um, certainly, I think this year in particular has really uh, highlighted how, you know, how leaders at whatever level, mm. how important it is to, you know, be looking after the people that are in your care, essentially. Sure, yes. um, you know, it's been very telling mm. uh, from from a lot of different people. And I think that um, women have obviously mm. been a lot in the spotlight, mm. uh, you know, in this sense as well. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's been really interesting. Um, so turning the conversation a little bit more now to your students. Yes. So this has obviously been a very tough year for, for them as well. Um, what have been some of the key um, changes or, you know, how, how TAFE Queensland, you know, was able to navigate all of the changes that mm. needed to happen and how has the, you know, what's the knock-on effect mm. been for the students? Well, I think when we really realised just how significant all this was and we all know it was in that sort of early March period, um, TAFE's pretty agile generally, actually, yeah. and so we're constantly on the lookout for what's happening next. So I think we were quite attuned quite early on to, um, to the fact that something was going to have to change and quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's be frank, a lot was changing, everything about, you know, um, the, the, the distances we could travel, um, you know, how many people we could have in a classroom. So a lot was changing pretty quickly. So as, a, as an organisation, we'd adopted some pretty, um, pretty significant steps straight away. Yes. Like universities, we took what a lot of people would describe as a pause, just a very short break while we regathered and grouped about what we might do next. What we what we definitely didn't want to do was to disrupt students' training. Yes. It's very important when you are learning something that you continue to learn. It is easy to get derailed by other things and this was the thing that could derail people because because there was so much on the news there was so so many um, uh, um, it was so obvious everywhere we really really didn't want our students derailed so quite quickly we um, we adapt we had literally adapted some of our learning style which which is actually a mix of a range of what we call modes of delivery yeah. we adapted them really quite quickly to a virtual environment. So it sounds easy, but you have to make sure the whole technology is behind you. So all our IT people were working behind the scenes to make sure that all our teachers had all the right um, equipment and software to be able to do this, uh, that our students were communicated with really quickly and effectively. We didn't let anyone fall off 
that we found every single student and said, here we are, we're going to do something, it's going to be different, please bear with us, you know, we'll, we'll, we can have individual conversations, but let's keep going with this process. So we quickly adapted, within the space of a couple of weeks actually, which was lucky, it was around that Easter break, Yes. and we quickly adapted to essentially uh, delivering our, our theory, not our practical, we can't, yes. couldn't, obviously our practical had to wait, Yes. but we, to, we turned our programs into ensuring that we could, we could front load our theory okay. and push the practicals a bit later on right. until we were able to be back on campus. Sure. And so we really, we had to really reorganize the training. That wasn't a natural process. Mm -hmm. We had to really rethink really that pretty quickly. But our teachers were amazing, just amazing. They just understood that the, the practicalities of this and to keep students really engaged, we would have to change it and do that to make that change very fast. And so they did exactly that. Everybody just put their, they just put their hands to the job. And, uh, and even those teachers who were um, who perhaps never had done any mm. uh, virtual training mm. or uh, they might have done small parts of it but really were, were had been delivering face to face and that was fine but suddenly they had to change everything so we were also in the background not only were we getting the whole the systems and the process and all the equipment going but we were actually training teachers yeah. how to engage students how to connect with the students what to do what the what the the sound bites of learning might look like? How do people get people engaged when you can't actually see them face to face? So it was a very very steep learning curve, and the outcome was just just phenomenal, yeah, just phenomenal. Incredible. And so what we got the feedback we got from our students was far be it from the sort of things we might expect to have expected was something like. Um, you know, I, I signed up for face-to-face -face training and now I'm online. Yeah. I think our students were um, equally remarkable yes. because they just adapted. They, they realized, you know, to, to a student, they realized that their world was different yes. at least for a while. Yes. And during that period that they were going to have to, they, would, they wanted to keep going and they would have to do something different. And they sure. did. Yeah. And most of them um, just got on with the job too. Yeah. So we had this really quite amazing combination. It was hard work. Absolutely. And we know that um, that for you know for many people the, there's a sort of a, a sort of a level of exhaustion point came in somewhere in those months. Um, as as our whole society did, yeah. but uh, but some of those things we've been able, some of those practices um, we've been able to retain very thoroughly because our students have actually really embraced those models. Yes. They might not have had them before, but now they've got them. They're really happy with them. Yes, Others yeah. we've gone back to a mix of face to face and the virtual, yeah. which has been great. Um, and and then uh, for other students, uh, for other students, they've some of them have gone completely to our TAFE Queens and online model. They've just okay. Because they now really, really enjoy yes. doing this independently. Yes. So I think doing for students carrying on with their study at a time that was so crucial, it was one of the most constructive things they could have been doing. Wow. And knowing that 
the, the, the job situation might have been challenging at the end of the, this, yes. and we know that we're not out of the woods yet, yes, but at least our students were coming, finishing, finishing their programs, at least feeling that with, you know, with some really solid you know, sense of self-esteem and yeah. completion, and you know, so really constructive. During all of that, our international students, many of them had graduated, so we'd done our first um, gradual, um, virtual graduation, <laughs> Yes. Just amazing, yes. and so that was all filmed with the graduation yeah, caps, and gosh. you know, and it was just wonderful. We, it wasn't, it wasn't our preferred style, no, but it was a way to do it. And then that, um, my understanding is that that graduation video was then available for all those students, so they could then share them with their friends right. and family. Yes. So we did adapt really, really quickly yeah. Yeah. to what could have been just a, a really a terrible. It could exactly. have been a terrible situation, and and it hasn't. So so the 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 long and the short of it is that that we've actually seen an increase in our enrolments. Excellent. That so, was my next question, yes. is how, how are things looking and, and what good. are the trends, yes. I suppose, in the direction that students are wanting to take? Mm. The, 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 the enrolments have been really sound. Again, I think um, two things. One, there were a range of um, free short training programs yes. that were available, which we really encouraged um, people to take up there was uh, there were just thousands and thousands and thousands of students from across Queens including the Sunshine Coast who took mm. those up again it was just something really practical and sensible yes for for people to do and many of those people have decided to carry on with some study part-time full-time online you know face-to-face -face. Yes. it's yes. just it's it's really been um, a pretty good take-up right. this semester yeah, which is which wonderful. is really yeah it is really wonderful to see and, and I think it's not just about people coming in saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. They've actually quite focused. They're quite focused. The biggest, some of the biggest intakes have, have been, and probably quite naturally, in the health and community services area. Right. Quite naturally. Yeah. The other area that we've seen a really big take up or improve is in our, uh, in our trades training. Now, surprisingly, we didn't think that was going to happen yeah. because, you know, a lot of our construction had had you know eased off while well, we didn't know what was going to happen next but then other um, incentives started to come back in and so our trade numbers have really increased dramatically yeah, right. so it's really in those two major spheres areas of other areas of our business have just been quite sort of settled so some yeah. of our arts programs and our business programs they haven't they haven't dropped off. They just haven't really grown yeah. in the same okay. way. So they're, quite, they're, they're, still, they're still sound. Yes. But the areas like health and community services yes. really started to peak. And yes. you, can, you can sort of understand why. Definitely. That was yeah. something. And I think that, I think that the opportunities for um, both young people going into a career, but also career changes. We have a TAFE Queens and Trucks, a lot of people who are changing their careers and wanting yes. to upskill that they see the health and community services area as really a really solid future and a, and a really strong and career. And a meaningful Me place Very, be. very yes. meaningful. Yeah. I mean, there's just the, the, the uh, attention and the thanks that has been given to care workers yeah. across Australia has just been phenomenal, as yeah. it has been across the world. Yes. And so I think people see that as a meaningful valuable yes. um, uh, thing to do in life yes. and so they've so really those have been um, some really quite phenomenal yeah. increases which is quite remarkable oh, and we have so a, a huge range of programs so I would hate anyone to think that that's 
just will be doing this. There's a lot of oh, there's a lot yeah. of opportunities, but those those have been some some real standout some really standout areas. Yeah. Interesting, the other areas that have, that were um, and have continued to be quite um, popular are things like ICT, yes. so in, you know, communicate information, communication technology, and um, uh, and I've, and indeed education support. Well, they're programs that actually help people to go into uh, become teacher aides at school, yes. yeah. but also parents were having to homeschool their children. So things like anything they could do to look after and, and really keep their own children going while they were in this um, hybrid model yes. of school and home yes. yeah. was, some, was valuable, yeah. was something really, a real opportunity. Yeah. So, while, so while not everybody finished their courses, they did start and they got something out of it. And maybe they'll finish them at some point in the future. Exactly, you know? yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, it's great that the, by the sounds of things, there were a lot of people out there going, look, whether I'm working or not anymore, this is actually a really good time to be reviewing, you know, what am I doing with my career or, or job or, you know, part-time, whatever it is. But just to kind of, I suppose, safeguard, you know, everybody in terms of, you know, if your industry all of a sudden drops off like it has in a big way for so many people That's this right. year, what, what's what's mm. the fallback position? Mm. And, um, you know, it's great that people are not only thinking about that but acting on it as well. That's and, right. You know, so that skill set, I suppose, nationally, in theory, should hopefully increase in yes. the coming years. The, it is really one of the most at a time when it's uh, it feels the world feels very volatile and challenging undertaking some study in something is one of the most constructive and productive things you can do in your life yes. it just it's just a fact and so so as you say just a, even just a reskilling with something is better than nothing and there is there are just a myriad of opportunities um, I would say uh, that if you just Get on the website. Just yeah. have a look. Yeah. Just scroll your way through a website. You'll see or go through, you know, there's a, the Tate Queens and websites just, just has an enormous range of, um, of training. But just do something. Just, you know, be brave. Get up. Be courageous. Yes. Get up and, and, uh, and make a call. Get on the website. Make an inquiry. Because if you do that, you know, if you do, and the, the, the modes are so flexible yes. for so many yeah. that it's not, you don't have to put your whole other world on hold no. while you do it you can actually do these things in combination yeah and I think that's the difference that we've really been able to leverage and maximize during this period we always were flexible but the flexibility has really increased exponentially now yeah there's there is really no there's really nothing that cannot be done if if somebody wants it yes I think that's and in terms of uh, you know in a practical sense if, you know, I'm someone that is still working but going, look, I mm. just want to make sure I've got, you know, I can add another, you know, few strings to my yes. bow, um, you know, just in case. In practical terms, when I finish, you know, whatever course mm. it is, I suppose, is there, um, you know, upfront information or uh, support, I suppose, in what will this course actually mean for me at the end of yeah. the day? Yeah. So, so it it depends on what you're doing. Actually, yeah. it depends. Yeah, so, so obviously, people in um, uh, in the trades undertaking a trades qualification, uh, they as an apprentice or a trainee, they already have very good guidance because yeah. they're in the job. Yeah. With non-trades programs, and that's a there's a massive range of courses there. Generally, during the course, the connection with the teacher is yeah. where students start to really feel 
what their industry might look like yes. and where they might go. So while um, while we're not a job agency, no. the teachers have amazing industry connections. Yeah. So they can give advice of to course. students. Well, this is a way I might approach this particular em- employer or group of employers. Or actually, while you've got this, you might want to do this extra part, or you might want to, or you want to be the business owner, right? Let's see what we might be able to do to get you to that point. Yeah, so I think it's 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 not just the end the end outcome. It's actually the journey, you know, with a with a um, with a teacher that actually gets you gets you the confidence. So when I see feedback from students, especially you know, it's lovely getting the compliment uh, the compliments feedback, they'll often say, you know, I started on this course and I wasn't really sure where it was going to lead me. But over the last six months, I've realized talking to the teacher that there are many different opportunities that are at my disposal. You know, there are lots of different angles, different approaches I can take, different groups, different industries I could take because in fact, this course could be applied to a range of different organizations. And so they, they realize during their journey, because the teacher is generally embedding industry knowledge and experience and what comes at the end of it to the students yes if a student wants to get information the the teachers are generally very willing to give it after all they have a passion for the industry so they are very uh, willing and because all our teachers have industry experience they must do a period of industry uh, placement um, on a a regular basis that they have connections yes and in some cases very clear connections you know that enable people so we do often get employers coming and saying actually I really need a couple of yeah, students I need a couple of students or you know I'm looking for some staff and you know yeah so obviously where we can we, we you know we're not a job agency but, no, but, but, the, but the relationship between teacher and industry yeah, and course. the organizations does help on that yeah, regard yeah definitely yeah. cool and so um you were telling me earlier about a group called Education Sunshine Coast that yes. you're part of so I just yeah. wondered if you could tell us a little bit more sure. about that sure so um so one of the the groups that was formed many, many years ago on the Sunshine Coast that probably not a lot of people are familiar with um, is a group that's made up of all the education training providers um, or their association um, that um, that really is there to advocate for um, for the Sunshine Coast being one of the best, if not the best place to uh, to do your to have your education right from from early childhood through uh, through to um, to post school. Uh, through VET, vocational education training, to TAFE and um, and through to university. So this group formed, um, I said, oh, maybe about eight, nine years ago, and has been running since then. So we have all um, all the representatives, senior representatives from all the sectors um, in the group. And from time to time, we put out um, uh, publications, and there is a website called Education Sunshine Coast. Um, but really, it's there to advocate for this region. Um, for um, to just make sure that people do understand here that you don't have to go to Brisbane or Sydney or Melbourne for your child or your young your young adult yeah. your teenager to get a fantastic education. It's actually all here. Yeah. And actually, the the purpose of that group really was to to ensure that it was sort of bound together that that it was really clear. And that pathways would be clear. It was always a process, rather than having each group trying to sort of advocate on its own. Yeah. Here was a way of 
of piecing it all together, yeah. uh, the mini sort of education training ecosystem yes. that could um, that really speak uh, loudly. And so, you know, I think it's just a, it's really great to know on the coast that there is such a group and uh, we do put out publications from time to time. It's all voluntary from the the group. We're just members of our own individual organisations that are particularly passionate about this. And, um, and I just think that if you actually, if, if, if anyone wants to, they should go to the website and make sure that they do have a good look because there are some wonderful the wonderful stories and wonderful um, ambassadors, student yeah, ambassadors um, in the publications that uh, that really speak volumes for what this Sunshine Coast represents, actually. Yes, yeah, mm. terrific. No, that sounds great. So, yeah, we'd certainly encourage everybody yeah. to, to have a bit of a look at mm. that, um, mm. you know, especially with their own children or, you know, for uh, young adults mm. looking at further mm. opportunities. Mm. That's great. Um, another one uh, that we did want to mention was the Sunshine Coast Health Institute, mm. um, which is attached to the Sunshine Coast University mm. Hospital. So a little bit more. Yeah, so, um, so, again, I, I think it's... I think it's one of our um, quite amazing um, organisations that we have here um, on the coast. Really, it's uh, it is it is absolutely unique in mm. Australia. There isn't one like it. And when I say one like it, there is university hospitals. Generally, have the hospital and the health service attached to a university. That's pretty clear, and that happens quite regularly around yes. Australia. But this is a group of four partners in this process. So the four partners are TAFE Queensland, uh, University of Sunshine Coast, Griffith University, and the Sunshine Coast Hospital Health Service. And so working in partnership, it is possible for a student to enter a vocational program at certificate three level, there are a number, and actually move through their diploma of nursing, do their university nursing, apply for um, to become a doctor do their so and to, and to do their biomedical degree and or and then move through um, into their medical um, degree all here in the one place right. all in fact in the one building right it is quite extraordinary yeah. and I think a lot of people don't understand how that is that's possible to do yes but it is really quite extraordinary the facilities are are the best. They, they are just world, they're world-class facilities. Yes, yeah. And so when our students are mixing with other students, there is um, a piece of work um, that students undertake called interprofessional learning, where they're working with the other students from the other, the other um, uh, education organisations and with the, the hospital. And when they're working together, they're actually getting a real life a real life experience of what it's like being actually on a ward yes. or in, a, or in a, an environment where they are all working together, all those yeah. disciplines, you know, c- connecting, communicating and working out how to problem solve. Yeah. So it's really quite, quite extraordinary for this region to have such a unique, literally a unique opportunity yes. here. They share, all the students share the same library. Right. Along with the hospital. So, you know, and for it to be absolutely embedded, embedded in the hospital uh, and for the students to see, so they're, they're undertaking their training, whether it's a, a, a sort of vocational training uh, course or one of the, uh, the education um, uh, providers' courses, and then they can look out of the window and actually see the real world of the hospital and the health service all around them is quite extraordinary. It is. And, and it's very, very inspiring for students. 
Definitely. I think in any field, you know, and particularly, you know, really important ones like mm. health and medical, it's um, that, that practical insight, you know, let alone actual experience, you know, hands-on kind of stuff is um, is one thing that in, in many courses you you don't really get that no. or, or you it's more of an effort to seek it out, yes. isn't it? So yes. to have it all in the one space is pretty incredible. It is. And the... Um when you look at, I said, the facilities they've got, they are just, they're just extraordinary. Yeah. What they're learning on are exact replicas, so at the exact item as it's as is found in the hospital. Yes. Wow. So really, you know, the, it, the training is just, it is, just, it is really brilliant, yeah. actually. And so, and there are there is also at the same time. So while we've got the the education component in there, yes. the universities are actually working on their research components as well so it's yeah. within the same so it's actually called the health institute because it yes. actually has both components research and education and training in the right. same space and are there any other facilities or institutes like this in Not, australia or elsewhere in the world that you're mm, aware of look we um we actually believe we are unique. Yeah. This yeah. is certainly not in Australia. Yeah. Um, and, and look, there may be similar things, but, it, but, uh, but I doubt it. Mm. I doubt it. Number one is actually bringing the parties together mm. in, that sort of, um, in that sort of joint venture oh, is yeah. quite a challenge in the first place. And those you know, who were before me and before my time when I joined the, the program and the process before we, we actually even had a, a, um, the foundations laid in the hospital. Um, the people who come before me with, um, with the ideas and the, and the, the vision, um, you know, must have just thought this is going to work for this region. This is just absolutely going to work. And then around 2013, I came into the, um, into the, the, the project yes. and was working with, uh, on this. And then in 2017, we opened the door. So it was quite a long journey. Right. It was a 10 yeah. year journey yeah. um, to get to that, to that outcome. But the, the vision to do something as unique as this was was really quite quite extraordinary. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, as far as I know, it's unique in the world, and I think that's what we should say. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. No, it's um, and it, as you said, you know, it, it is one of those things that probably a lot of people are not aware of, mm. and mm. it's actually a really significant. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, operation to, yes. have, to have going here. Yeah. So, yeah, congratulations for being part of it. Yeah. So just before we wrap up, um, we've obviously had um, 2020 has been a, a huge mm. year. What are you excited about for 2021? Ah, well, we've got a lot of students to, yes. <laughs> to work with, yeah. which is great. A few new courses coming on that we always... Um, we always uh, look to growing at least some new um, courses, both at the um, um, both through the uh, the certificate courses and the diploma courses. Yes, sure. I, I'm looking forward to a year that is, I hope, more stable yeah. than it has been, uh, and that that you know our society really um, really tries to sort of focus on all the good things that we have that we have actually achieved in this last nine months. And it just seems, is it nine months, seven months, six months? Oh, yeah. We have achieved, we have, as a society, we've achieved a lot. And we have really cared and we have kept going. Yeah. We've kept going, we've kept going. And I would really like to see 21 as just, uh, just a, 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 more, a more stable and perhaps a more peaceful year, really, that, that we can keep, that we can keep people or get people into work and that they get, you know, get some sort of sense of normality. Yes. I think that's really important for us yes. and for, you know, obviously we're concentrating on our students a lot. We want them not to be worried about 
life and the future. We yeah. want them to really feel really positive about that. Yes. That's that's our driving force. Yeah right now yeah fantastic mm. all right well thank you so much for um joining me today Anna. it's been really wonderful to, to chat with you and um yeah we all the best for the rest of the year and uh, for a fabulous 2020 love you thank you very much <laughs>